1: Back again. Once again, episode 120, I believe. <clears throat> really? Yeah.
2: Well, I was actually thinking about this uh cuz the Burn podcast had a long hiatus. They finally came out with another episode. Oh, did they? They did. So they've already broken the one week, one episode a week goal, which you find out is not easy. It's not easy. It's dude. not easy to it's, do. It's
1: not easy, man. You get busy with life and just this and that yeah like, I pat ourselves on the back for us keeping it up
2: dude yeah it, it, it does it speaks a little bit more to like the fact that we have done it for over two years and uh but anyways I was thinking that you know the The Jiu-Jitsu world would probably be better off if it was them that was putting out a weekly episode and us that was a little less consistent. Agreed, 100%. But sometimes you don't get the podcasters you want, you get the podcasters you deserve. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let that sink That's us. Let that sink in. So, on that note. (laughs) That's hilarious. We have a Pokemon update with Mr. Z today. Uh Uh-huh. Z's got a new one for us.
0: Yep. It's a big card. It's a jumbo card and a normal sized one. So it's a Greninja GX, and it has 230 hit points, and it's a water type. It evolves. Fr- it evolves from Frogadier.
2: Frogadier. Frogadier. It's good pronunciation. <laughs> I know some adults that would struggle with that word. All right, what's he do, man?
0: Uh, he does. Uh, uh, ability, which is...
2: What do you think it says?
0: Elusive Master?
2: Yeah, Elusive Master. Very good. You know what Elusive means? mm -mm. It means hard to get.
0: Mm. And then...
2: Okay, let's just... We don't don't have to go into, like, what the details of it are. We can just do the... What what the, the attacks are.
0: Oh, and then... It's Mist Slash, which does 130 damage, and Dark Mist GX, which Ooh. does actually zero damage.
2: No, what does that one do? You get to do something with the bench and the cards and stuff.
0: Okay, it says, put one of your opponent's bench Pokemon and all cards attached to it into your opponent's hand. Cool. hmm
2: Well, that's pretty strong. Dude, those are the ones on the Pokemon Detective Pikachu movie Yeah, that were chasing after his dad and blew the car off the road, huh? Mm
0: -hmm. We actually learned that it wasn't the Mewtwo.
2: It wasn't Mewtwo. They were just framing Mew and Mewtwo. I guess it was Mewtwo. Yeah, it was Mew. Mew is the genetic they created Mew from the And they know why the, the genetic material And, and they and,
0: know why Mewtwo is called a Mewtwo. Right, yeah. Because it's the second Mew.
2: Yeah, they found the origi- the genetic material of the original Mew and then they created Mewtwo <laughs> from it and he's the most powerful Pokemon. So
0: Actually, there's one that's more stronger than Mewtwo. What? It's the Shadow Lugia. It does 1000 damage in one one strike.
2: Mm, okay, I remember that one. So, all right, man. What did we do in uh, jiu-jitsu this week? Do you remember what we learned?
0: Um, we learned how to get out uh, of mount.
2: We worked on that. Yep. What and else did we work on?
0: We worked on. Uh, we worked on a backpack.
2: Backpack, and then what do we do if they start to get away?
0: Oh, uh, we did.
2: Mount. Yeah, how have to go to Mount if they start to get away from your backpack. So, yeah, it was good, man. You did a really good job. We had a good week of class. You got a stripe this week, yeah? Mm-hmm. Nice, dude. Yeah, you put in your your time. You got your first stripe on your gray and white belt.
0: hmm
2: And, uh, yeah, so it was a good you, week.
1: You got your birthday coming up, too.
0: hmm
1: Yeah, I need a birthday list, dude. I don't know what to get you. Oh. I I think I was going to get you a new snow shovel. You want a new snow shovel? No. <laughs> no?
0: How uh, do you not know what I want? I, I don't know. Pokemon card pack so I can have new ones to share.
1: Oh, is that the move?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. You no. Know, so.
2: All right, buddy. Well, anything else to share with us about your week? Um.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh... Um, one day, uh, actually it wasn't last week, but it was my cousin's birthday.
2: Last Saturday.
0: Oh, last Saturday. Or
2: was it two Saturdays? It, it was two Saturdays. Two Saturday, that was two Saturdays ago. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. That was fun. Did some laser tag. We gotta take Uncle Rob to laser tag of bananas. He's never been there. Wow. I know. He's <laughs> missing out. It's a lot of fun, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All right. Well, cool, buddy. Well, dude. Thanks Mm -hmm. for the Pokemon update.
0: And also, I saw that Mom said that I might be able to have this.
2: Well, listen, we're not going to talk about that right now, okay? Okay. You need to go put it back up.
0: Okay.
2: And we'll talk about all that later. All right, man. Love you, dude. Later, dude. Bye. 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 There you go. All right. That's the infamous Pokemon update. The Greninja card that got him in trouble that is the, that's the one that's yep. the one huh? yep so yeah z snook snook snuck snuck he snuck some cards Pokemon cards to school yesterday and traded them and so yeah he got his cards taken away and told him he could pick one out for the Pokemon update and all went sideways cause <laughs> the goal like he's not supposed to have that card right it's like I get you know you don't get a reward for doing something bad so you you traded for that card but you don't get to keep that card because then you're getting something positive. You got
1: what you wanted anyway. Yeah,
2: yeah, you got what you wanted anyways. Just got to ride the punishment out. It's like fucking stealing money and then you go to jail and You get the money when get you get to out. I get keep the money when I get out anyways. Okay. Yeah, it's like no, no, no. You don't get to prosper from your misdeeds. And uh, so yeah, a little miscommunication there, but obviously he was excited about Greninja and wanted to share uh share it with us. So and it's our, no snorlax. And our millions of
1: fans. Yes, yes. Hundreds exactly. of fans maybe.
2: So I don't know if this is true, but my sister <coughs> said that her boyfriend's roommate that's it that's as far as it goes. We're okay. Only three away, right? Sister's boyfriend's roommate. Okay. Okay. That's not too far away. Not too far away. All right. <laughs> is uh he does jujitsu and apparently listens to us or something perfect. So yeah, she said she he was over there. She was cuz uh, they live in or he lives in Salt Lake. And so she was there visiting and he was talking about jiu-jitsu and said something about, "Yeah, I just started listening to this new podcast like the Grumpy Dudes or Grumpy Guys or whatever." And so she let him know that her brother was one of the Grumpy Guys. So, it's kind of interesting, man.
1: I heard a statistic the other day <laughs> that there is in the neighborhood of 900,000 podcasts mm-hmm. that get put out regularly. I don't know what the qualifications were, you know, if it's a, what they, you know, if, if, if one episode gets put out and then they disappear for six months and they put out a, you know, I don't know how, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know how they were counting it. Yeah. But I did, I did <clears throat> see that number, that there was 900,000 podcasts out there. Huh.
2: That's interesting. That's a,
1: that's a lot. That's a lot of podcasts
2: it is I mean the same thing I mean at one point you know having a blog and a website was you know wasn't uh, super common and now it's just like everyone has it you know and that was like kind of the cool thing about the internet was like oh man we're gonna get access to more information and then eventually it becomes like there's too much it's like you, you end up with having to sift through good and bad information. You end up with the whole like fear of missing out. Like, well, I'm listening to this, but was, you know, or you know, is this better? And like, same thing happens with any medium. But yeah, podcasts are definitely a super popular choice for people. We have like Joe Rogan telling everybody to start a podcast. It's easy. So.
1: It is really easy. It's not hard. The barrier to entry is pretty low. Yeah,
2: it's super fucking low for sure, which is, you yeah, know, good and bad. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it is good and bad. Yeah.
1: So, um...
2: but yeah, podcasts are, uh, are good. I, I don't, um, commute. So it's, it's funny, man, like audiobooks and podcasts, they're really a, uh, I, I think like they're kind of a phenomenon of our societal norms and most people spend a lot of time doing a monotonous task where they can they don't have to think about it.
1: Right, and they, so, so they can capitalize. Right.
2: Whether they're uh-huh. driving or they'll like be at the gym running on a treadmill or something like that. And so there's this, this time that they can spend listening to stuff that I don't fucking have. Like mm-hmm. I don't drive. I don't fucking run on a treadmill. So like I actually have to carve the time out to to listen to it or like I do drive that like it's just it's short distance it's short distance man it takes me a goddamn month to get through like one you know JRE episode and uh, an audiobook. fucking forget about it like that's why I just can't do it I have to read them and uh, but so anyways it's it's a I, I realizing that like everybody's in audio and everybody's like talking about these podcasts and it's funny like it's a world that like I don't really uh, partake in. Like I have a couple, right? But it's not the same level. Like I'm like, I mean, everyone's I mean, like, oh, you got to check out this podcast or you right. got to check it. And it's like, dude, I can't. You don't have the
1: time. I don't have the time. It makes sense. Because I mean, <clears throat> my life is a lot different than yours. Dude, I drive on the average 300 miles a day, you know, yeah. like 1200 miles a week, roughly. And uh, so I have a lot of time in a vehicle. Oh, I and love, so, yeah. And so
2: I consume. It's my number one. So that's my favorite thing to do if I am driving. So
1: I consume a ton of podcasts, yeah. audio books. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's all just that's just because that's my lifestyle.
2: Yeah, but it, it, it's a societal norm for a lot of people. Yeah, and then I'm at
1: home. I live by myself too. Yeah, and so when I'm doing stuff around the house, I can put on a podcast, mm, which yeah. is no different than what you have going on with the whole family unit. Have
2: family here, so yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's yeah, it's just different.
2: No, it is, but it's 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 cool, and but it is. Uh, like I said, I think about it every once in a while. Like I just my. My reality is not the same as a lot of other people's realities. And so, you know, like this morning when you were telling us, like, oh, you got to watch this movie. And it's just funny. It's like, dude, you just, you know, you're like, oh, I don't want to spoil too much. And I was like, dude, we're probably never going to watch this thing. And it's yeah. not because it's not good. It's just my reality just does not include watching movies. I just it's don't hard. have time. I mean,
1: you it's would have hard. to like specifically plan it. Yes. Yeah. Like,
2: yeah. It's not the same. And yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, everybody experiences it.
1: Everybody's it's life is a little different. You know, and I I get those things like we were talking about last weekend with the whole uh, bar of soap and wash rag thing. Mm-hmm. I, you, you take these things for granted that you're just, you think are normal, that everybody does the same. This is how it goes. And then you you realize like, oh, not everybody is quite the same. Yeah. And no. Sometimes it takes a little bit of shaking up to yes. make you realize that. Get yeah, you out yeah. of your own. You get in your own little bubble.
2: Well, that's what I say like, you know, travel is good. You get in a another country totally different societal norms and and you know you realize like oh shit like are you different. can do this this way too you yeah. don't have to do it this way there's a whole bunch of different ways to you know get through life and help people and be a good person
1: and speaking of helping people something i want to share in today's podcast mm-hmm. i've debated whether to talk about it but i i ended up i i talked about this on uh my my other podcast with paul yesterday <laughs> right the skeptic and the pastor. And I think it's valuable. It's a little embarrassing for me to talk about, but I think it's valuable to bring up. Okay. Okay. So I preface it with that. Here's the headline of it. And I I'll give you the headline and I I'm guessing you'll be skeptical, but I can ba- I'm going to backfill it in. Um I 99% certain I developed a chemical dependency on Kratom. I took oh. it too, I took it too far. Oh no. Yes. Here, okay <laughs> I knew you'd laugh at me about this but let, okay so now I'm going to explain okay I, I came I'll start kind of at, at the I'm at the end of the story I came to this epiphany last Friday I was in the shower and it hit me like a ton of bricks like oh that because I had been, so it started about two months ago. I've been, it was just kind of feeling like shit on a regular basis. Yeah. And it started with, you know, you get it this time of year, you know, I drive a big truck in the mountains for a living and all the snow and weather we've been getting. So I get these long days. I'm not justifying it. I'm just explaining the steps of what led me down this road. And so I'll get these days to where, you know, I work 13, 14 hours. I get home, I sleep for four, five, and I'm up and I got to do it again. Right. And so, I'm tired as shit, so I take a little more Kratom. You know, and dude, I've been using Kratom since my surgery back in March. That's yeah. kind of when it was new to us.
2: Yeah. And That's right. It was you that got it.
1: Again. I got started, right? And so, I've been using it regularly since then. You know, like four or six grams a day. And I'll take some days off here or there. So, it wasn't really a problem. But a couple months ago, when, you know, uh, stuff's busy at work. So, I, it just starts with like a couple of days of being tired. So, I, I take a little bit more Kratom right yeah. so that i'm taking like 8 or 10 grams a day right well i didn't piece it together at the time but as what was happening like so that would fuck up my sleep a little bit and so even on the nights i would get home at a decent time and get to bed so i would have like 7 8 hours of sleep i still am not sleeping good like i wake up at like yeah the common time was like about 1:30 in the morning i wake up and i'd be up for about 2 hours and then fu- then struggle to get back to sleep for another hour or two and that was, so then i'd be more tired so then I would just take more creatine the next day to get by, and so that kind of happened for about a week or two, and then, so that takes me to about a month and a half ago. Well then, and that was just consistent, dude. Just like so then I so then I was to the point to where I was taking like ten or twelve grams a day. Yeah. Yeah, on, on a like daily basis. Well then I started getting to the point to where I was getting these basically like flu-like symptoms to where at night I'd, as I'm laying down trying to sleep, I get the, like my sinuses are draining, like I'm getting sinus infection. But you wake up and blow your nose, like it's never green. You know when you get sick, like your yeah. boogers and your snot's all green and stuff. Well, dude, this It's just clear, it's just draining. And, I just, and like aches and pains, just like feeling like shit. So I'm not sleeping and I'm <coughs> feeling like shit i take Kratom and i feel okay. I, I, I didn't put the pieces of the puzzle together. I was just getting by, dude. Right. And, and so I kept on this fucking pattern. And, I, dude, I would... Because remember, like, I, I'd come in. I kept telling you, like, my HRV would be, up, like, fucking plummet. And, you know, and I'm just feeling like shit, not sleeping good. Yeah. Like, it's been going on for, you know, a month and a half, two months now. And I've just been on this roller coaster. And I've just been fueling it with Kratom. And it didn't dawn on me until, like, I guess, last Friday... I don't know what, I had listened to a podcast that week that somebody was talking about an opioid addiction yeah. and the symptoms of it and I was in the shower and I heard that guy's voice in my head talking about the symptoms because he realized this guy got addicted to like oxycodones and shit yeah. and, he explained, and he explained that, you know, I, I'd wake up in the morning with these, I felt like I had the flu, just my body ached, I was tired, sinuses, like coughing a little bit, he's like, so I'd take an oxycodone, I'd feel great. And I was doing the exact same thing with creative because it works on your opioid receptors. I yeah. mean, it's
2: the exact same shit. It's not exactly. It's, it's, it's it, pretty it close. It works on it, but it's not the same. It's pretty, fucking, cl- it's pretty yeah. fucking close. It's pretty fucking close. The way it works in your body is pretty yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, close. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And so I was like, holy shit. I think that's what I did to myself. So, I, of course, I get out and jump online and start g- Googling shit. Yeah. Dude, and like you you go to like, you know, whatever addiction website you go to, you look up Kratom withdrawals or kratio, kratom addiction, you know, symptoms. Yeah. And they give like a list of ten shit, dude. I'm just like, check, 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 check. I'm like, motherfucker, dude. And then and so then they explain what the withdrawals. Are. So I'm just like, all right, obviously I gotta stop taking the shit for now. Yeah. Because it's fucking it's fucking me up. Like I do, I feel like dog pissed still. Well, the smart thing probably would be to like wean myself off. You know that's not my style. I just go cold turkey. Yeah. You know that's you know me me taking things too far is what got me into this hole. So me taking things too far is what's going to get me out of this hole. That's my that's my mindset. Right. And so I stopped taking it last Friday. And they dude like they laid it out this article I was reading and like the steps you're going to go through in the withdrawal process and like yeah. dude they were spot on. They're like days two and three are going to be fucking brutal. And they were like Sunday and Monday horrible. I was so tempted to take just like a gram or two just to kind of ease the pain. Like, nope, don't be a fucking pussy. Just man it up. So, they, you know, Sunday, Monday were real bad. Tuesday, some of the flu symptoms are going away, but I still got it. Like, I still got like kind of phlegmy. I cough a little bit. Yeah. And I was getting these monster fucking headaches. And, ah, uh, dude, terrible. And they, they, there was a few other symptoms they listed out. And, yeah, dude, to a T. I'm just following that list. And I'm about... The last time I took someone was last Friday. So I'm I'm at like basically seven days right now. Huh. You know, I'm feeling better. I still feel like a pile of shit. Like but I'm i I can tell I'm on the up uphill swing here. So yeah, I got addicted to Kratom man. Fuck my body all up. And my HRV was like in the sixties this morning. You know, just struggling. yeah. yeah and yeah. that's why it's been up and down, up and down lately. I'm pretty certain. Obviously I'm not a doctor. Right, I didn't get right, a yeah. professional diagnosis on this. I didn't get any tests. But I'm pretty in tune with my body and how things work. Yeah. And I pay attention to how I feel from different foods and this and that. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> because, you know, on that note, before I realized it was the Kratom that was fucking me up, like I started, at first I started looking at nutrition. Like, all right, what have I been eating that's getting... I thought it was nutrition. I, I, I had listened to this, like, functional nutrition doctor that talked about people having histamine intolerance. And different foods that, yeah. and so I was like, "Well, let's go down that rabbit hole." So I, you know, I bought a book about that, and because it, and I started reading about that before I, my mind switched over to like, "Oh no, you're just taking too much creative So yeah, that's where I'm at. I haven't taken any since last Friday. I'm on the mend. I'm still not. You know, I'm way away from 100. percent Interesting. But, fuck, I'm an idiot. I'm am a boundary not. I, I mean, don't know how too far is too far until I got there.
2: I'm not sure. I totally agree with your assessment. I do, I do. I, I know, I know. I know you do. I know. I know. I was at the
1: point to... Hold on, I just want to say,
2: I'm not going to say that kratom wasn't the problem. But kratom isn't the problem. The problem is you're not getting enough sleep. The problem is you're asking your body to do something that the human body wasn't meant to do, and so you're going to run into problems with that. Now you backfilled that with kratom, and kratom filled created problem, and blah blah blah. But it's like, okay, you get kratom out of the picture, but you haven't actually taken care of the problem. The problem is that you the continually sleep. ask your body to do more than what it's it like you can do without doing something.
1: But uh, I, I see what you're saying, and I don't completely disagree. But my counter to that is I believe that the kratom is disrupting my sleep.
2: Well, yeah. So you're you're not getting as much out of the sleep that you were getting, getting. but you're trying to figure out how to maximize your six hours of sleep rather than take. No, see,
1: I I get to bed and I shoot for. I try to be in bed for like eight hours. Yeah. If I can, nine hours. Yeah. I don't always sleep for that time, you know. I I mean, all I use to track my sleep is the Fitbit, so I don't know how accurate it is.
2: Well, it was that you were saying though. You have like several days in a row where that doesn't happen, and that's that, and that's what started the cycle was that you were not getting that. And then you had these long days, you weren't getting your sleep and then you had to find something to help you try and make life for that. And that's where the Kratom came in. And then again, like I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you with whether the Kratom caused, you know, the symptoms or physical or whatever, but you know, it's, it's, but the thing is, is like, that's what you were doing, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's still the problem. Like you've gone through this with caffeine you know, like I've, I've been around you long enough to see you go through your like, oh, I'm done with caffeine. I can't, I'm not drinking anymore because all of a sudden you look up and you're like, dude, I'm fucking pounding cups and cups and cups and cups of coffee a day and I got to stop. And it's like, you know, so I, I you know, Kratom, uh, yeah, but, you know, I'm sitting here listening. I'm like, but you're. that's not the problem. The problem is, is your body can't do. And that's where like again you get like I joke around about it but like kind of seriously like you should be eating those fucking donuts that FedEx gives you like you you live this weird dichotomy like you have this idea of like I need to live this austere uh lifestyle with my nutrition and you know especially the nutrition like you have this very like monk-like approach <laughs> to your nutrition and yet you are like an extremist when it comes to physical activity
1: i wouldn't say i'm an extremist dude
2: no i mean i would put you closer to the extreme side of the spectrum than like your average person like when you work out you work out hard when you train jiu-jitsu you train jiu-jitsu hard you do something almost every day your job is physical like you see yesterday was a day off what'd you fucking do Skinned Mm -hmm. up and fucking ski down a mountain fucking five times you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so like You, you, you lean towards the more and you have fun. That's why you're doing it because it's fucking fun. But you're, you're, you're asking your body to do extreme things from a physical standpoint while trying to expect for it to get by (laughs) on nuts and berries. And it's like, it doesn't work. I mean, you know, that's why fucking professional athletes eat junk food. Like, you you cannot... You have to put calories in the furnace if you're going to burn. You need fuel. You need need fuel. You need fuel, yeah. Like, I actually think, like, you measuring your food is, like, one of the reasons that you struggle to keep weight on and do this stuff. Because, like, you won't just let your body eat what it needs to eat. Like, you won't just you know, fucking like, ah, I need this, just eat, man. Instead of like trying to measure and control everything that goes in, like loosen the controls a little bit, let the body eat some shit, and like you would probably, uh, like, you know, energy-wise and, and just recovery-wise and things like that, you might be surprised that, uh, you know, your your body would, um, you know, utilize those things without it, you know, being turned into fucking fat or whatever, I, you know what I mean? So...
1: But see most most of the time like where I'm at in my life right now I like I keep track of what I eat so I try to eat enough because I don't like if but I that's just, what I'm saying if, if I just, just go by instinct dude yeah. like I don't eat enough like I'm not well, it's because your
2: instincts right now are to eat like very nutrient dense calorie poor foods okay like that that you know that that's a paleo diet like that's that's a that's a natural diet I mean, you know most people do the opposite they're eating very Calorie dense, nutrient poor foods, and that's what leads to obesity and all these other fucking problems, right? So, you know, again, there's a tension between the two, and, and your, you know, your, uh, your approach. So, you, is is that um, very nutrient dense, calorie low foods? And that's what I'm saying. But your fucking body needs calories. It just needs fuel and the fire to keep things going. And so, like, that's where having just some calorie dense nutrient poor foods wouldn't necessarily be a horrible thing and you know again you gotta it, it can get taken too far well, right? Dude, and that's, yeah, that's problem, sure. right that's the problem that's the problem <laughs> and me and you uh, you know uh i know myself that's why i don't keep oreos around but i also eat the motherfuckers when they are around mm-hmm. and i don't beat myself up over it because i know i'm burning these calories i'm not going i eat a It's like eating a a, a good diet supplemented with some junk is completely different than eating a bunch of junk supplemented with some good food, which is like what most people do. And then they're like, they point to that little bit of good food they eat and they're like, see my diet, I'm trying and I still can't lose weight. It's like, motherfucker, 80% of what you're eating is still shit. So that's not it. But having a little bit in there, you know, so. So anyways, that's my, I would, that.
1: So yeah, your your assessment of my tribulations here is lack of sleep and calories.
2: Yeah. Yeah, dude, if, like if you just take a step back and you look like what you're asking your body to do.
1: See, I don't, uh, I disagree with that, man. Like, I don't think I ask. I mean, I'm a pretty physical person. I do a lot of shit, but I'm, I don't think I'm that far above like the average person. Dude, you're so
2: far above. I don't understand what you think you see. I don't understand what man, you it, see when you look at yourself. I'm just a fucking normal dude. You're not a normal dude. Like by any. There's a lot of of people out there.
1: There's
0: a lot. So many many, people out there that do much more shit.
2: What percentage of people are a jiu-jitsu black belt? So you're not a fucking fucking normal dude. I have no idea. Okay, you're not a normal dude. That right there makes you not a normal dude. So this goes back to that self-image thing that we talked about last week. But like, you know, your self-image of yourself is very interesting. Like talking to you is a very interesting (laughs) experience. Because like, you know, I hear you talk about yourself and say things... And, you know, it's, uh, I don't always know what you see when you look at yourself. Because, like, to think that you're a normal dude is, like, false humility or ignorance. I don't, it's one of the two. I don't, and, and I don't, I think it's, it's I think really, man, it, it's it's somewhere in between. Because, like, you, you know, you remain purposefully ignorant of some things about yourself and, and, and then that leads to this kind of false humility that you have, but it's it's not, like, you know, accurate. Like, most people do not do what you do from an education standpoint, from a training standpoint, from a nutrition standpoint, from just a mindset standpoint. So, again, man, like, I'm not an average dude. No way. I fucking take pride in that. I don't want to be average. And, like, you aren't average. I wouldn't hang out with you if you were. Like, average people are fucking boring. You know, so like you're not an average person. You 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 demand a lot of yourself on pretty much every level. And so and again, but sometimes those things conflict. You demand a lot out of yourself from your nutrition, you demand a lot out of yourself from your training, and you know, sometimes those things don't
1: don't meet up don't
2: meet up. And so, you know, that's uh that's part of the problem, man. If you honestly look at yourself and you're like, ah, you know, I should be able to do this. I'm I'm normal, like Everybody does this shit. I'm just being a pussy. Like...
1: That, that is... that. I mean, that's... Dude, I won't lie. Like, you... What you just said, you know, the false humility or the ignorance, you know, the combination of, just stings a little bit. And when something stings a little bit, there's probably some truth to it. You know, I gotta spend some time thinking about that. Like, I think you're on something there. But, man, like... I remember my dad as a kid... I remember hearing this all the time. He'd be like, there's always somebody better than you. You know, they you don't get too fucking hoity-toity. Yeah. You know, you're out there thinking you're the shit. There's always somebody bigger, better, stronger, faster. Right. Keep that shit in check. I remember hearing that all the time. Yeah. And I still hear that to this day. Right. You know, like, yeah, there's always somebody fucking better than you. That doesn't and mean it that you're per- not
2: really fucking good. That, that's not what that message is. And see, that's the message I get from that. I know. And that's it's a, There's other things that come in to, like, reinforce that self-image you know, that I'm sure if you look back, you'd start to see like, oh yeah, like, you know, they meant well. My coach meant well, my parents meant well, my friends meant well, my teachers meant well. All these people meant well, but the way that they talked to me and the words that they used created an image in my head that is this, and is that necessarily true? Like, am I the guy who's not that special? Like, really? Am I? You know, if you take a step back and assess it, like, is that really true? And, and so again, there's like, you don't want to be arrogant, right? I think arrogant, arrogance is like a false confidence. It's like confidence without really anything to back it up, right? Like, that's why you like kids come across as arrogant because it's like, these, you guys haven't done shit. You, you you know, like, where's this confidence coming from? It comes across as arrogance, but then you, you, uh, you know, someone who's been there and done that you know, their confidence is totally different. Like Andre Gavau, right? Like his confidence is totally different than some fucking 20-year-old like shit talking, I'm the best. Like when Andre says I'm the best, it's like totally different place. Right. But if Andre had, you know, spent this time continuing to, you know, put like his self-image, like he sees himself as the best. You know what I mean? He balances that. He knows he has to work for it. He knows that somewhere out there, someone is, is, can potentially beat him but he uses that to drive him to continue to try to be the best rather than use it as a way to create a self-image that is I'm not that good and I'm not special and I expect to lose and things like that so it's tough man because it's a very fine line like the more I look into this and the more I start to think about it the it's a do the tipping point can be razor thin but you have to try to walk that line because you know pushing too far towards a negative self image is not good and then having and going a going the other, a, way, going yeah, the other way and being arrogant and cocky is not good either and so it's that middle way that you're trying to walk and it's fucking hard but yeah man just hmm. i think that you need to come a little little further over to the middle cuz uh yeah it's you're you're definitely not a normal dude. Not a normal it gives me dude. something
1: to think about. Like I said, I'm not gonna lie. That fucking stings, man. The the ignorance and the false humility that's resonating. Like I, I, those two words, three words are just bouncing around in my head right now. Yeah, like, man. Like, fucking James is right. It's yeah, often me right me sometimes. I know, dude, I know. <laughs> but it's
2: it, we. You, it's easy, man. We remain. It's easy to remain ignorant of, of like our best side because again it's that quote right the, i forget he said it but it's like our greatest fear is not that we're inadequate it's that we're fucking more powerful than we ever imagined and we're wasting it right like that would be the bit it's it, like that's that would be a harder blow at the end of your life to realize that than just to be like you know man i could fucking try as hard as i could and it just didn't, just work. didn't work i was inadequate okay But man, to get to the end and realize like, dude, I really had something special. Like I really could have used it for something and I just didn't do it. I couldn't live up to it. And uh, yeah, that's the tough, the the tough thing. That was that, actually that book, man, that Black Elk Speaks, like that was his whole, because he had a vision when he was younger and when he was older, he basically felt like he didn't, he was given this vision and he had this power and he didn't use it. He didn't, you know, take advantage of it. And, Of course, obviously, I don't think that vision would have stopped the fucking U.S. Army from shooting them all up, anyways. All right. But the thing is, though, is like, the, the, here's this guy, and that was his big regret, and and you and just in like, you know, his story, and you could tell by how he was saying and then what he said that like it was a huge regret to think that like he was more powerful than he ever imagined, and he just didn't, wasted it. He wasted it. He didn't take advantage of it. So. Yeah man, it's but it's easy. It's easy because it's comfortable to be like, yeah, you know, I'm not that special. But just like, nah, man. If you are, then you owe it to people to fucking do something with it, or at least to yourself. And then that's scary. That's scary. Like that that's was a,
1: that's a big thought. Yeah. To think about. Yeah. It is scary to think
0: about.
2: Yep. <laughs> so but Anyways. Anyways, man. So, Kratom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, be careful with the Kratom. Be careful with the Kratom, yeah. I took it, I, as we've discussed many times on this podcast, we all tend to be kind of boundary knots. Yeah. And I did. I, I Whether that's it or not, I, I do believe, because and those symptoms uh, I was exhibiting, I'm still exhibiting from coming off of it. It's exactly what they're talking about with, you know, opioid withdrawals, Kratom withdrawals, oxycodone withdrawals. I dude, literally they give a list of ten things and I'm just like, Yep, 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 Yeah. So yeah, whether that's the sole cause or not of all my fucking woes lately, yeah. But I think it plays a big part of it. Or plays yeah. a part of it.
2: So I mean i I'll tell you, like, I've experienced I wouldn't even say something similar, but like I've noticed a similar trend and which is that I'll start to get, like, worn out, and then I'll start to try and take more Kratom. But then I realize, like, why the fuck am I
1: taking more Kratom? Oh, I'm fucking tired, tired. man. I'm fucking tired. And see, that's a mistake I make. Like, for example, like, on a Saturday. Saturday's a big day. I wake up early, you know, do some shit at the house. I come here, record. We go train until 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And the proper thing would be to go home, eat some food, and take a nap. It's not in my wheelhouse. I, know, yeah. I go home, I eat, take some kratom, and then I do some shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you know, go grocery shopping, I do this, and yeah. I do some chores. Like, like ah, I don't need a nap. It's late in the day. I don't need a nap. I'll just you know go to bed tonight, and I just fuel the rest of my day with kratom yeah. instead of doing the healthy thing. Yep. So, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. No, I think that, like I said, it, it if you overdo anything, it can cause problems. Right. Right. So like people backfill that in with caffeine. Like, that's, that's the drug of choice for most people. And caffeine has problems. Caffeine has a lot of the same problems. You drink it too late in the day, it's going to interfere with your sleep, and you get in this fucking weird little cycle. And then, I mean, I don't think that you realize how many people are on some sort of stimulant. Like Adderall or some sort of, like, you know, antidepressants kind of act like a stimulant. Yep. Um, You know, just caffeine. You, you know, like, again, like this this uh, i would say in this category you are a normal dude but you don't think you're normal like this is a weird thing like you look at yourself and you think you probably feel like everyone else is out there not only that they're doing everything that you are but they're doing it without any help <laughs> they don't need all these crutches and you're just being a pussy
1: Yeah, exactly. See what I mean? It's (laughs) fucking insanity, man. It's insanity. Just being a fucking pussy.
2: Right. Everyone's doing more than I am and probably more and I'm being a pussy because I need help. And it's like, dude, everyone out there is doing way less than you and they are strung out on something to get them through the fucking day. So like you're not, it's, this is not unusual, uh, in that respect. And again, it's like, I mean, you can fucking boil this down to like taking any drug. Right, like even if you're taking like opioids or heroin or or whatever it is, like, why are you taking this? Like, there's a reason you're taking it. You know, I'm lonely, I'm hurt, whatever. I'm fucking, I'm tired. Like, there's a reason. Like, your body's not just like wired to want drugs. There's a reason that your body wants the drugs. And so, if you find yourself starting to slip down you know, the wrong path with it, it's like, why am I going down this path? And I guess that was kind of like my message to you too. It's like, okay, you get the Kratom under control, man. But I have a feeling you're going to run into this problem again. And you're going to find something else that's going to help. And you're going to end up leaning on it too hard in your mind. And then you're going to have to back off of it. But until you fix the actual problem, which is that your physical demands and your diet and, and even your sleep just aren't meshing up, you know, then that's The problem and when you fix that then you'll probably find that these ups and downs with these uh with these things will not be as much so anyways yeah yeah so but yeah it's uh i hear you man and that's where i was joking with kelly yesterday i took a fucking hour and a half nap yesterday and you know one man just getting that fucking that pedal launch underway it's just—it's just been such an emotionally draining experience with this whole thing with my supplier fucking up and then not getting back to me and then trying to get this pedal launched and man yesterday or yeah yesterday I was just I was done like we launched it on Thursday and that must
1: have been a pretty big relief just it is
2: man but even like hitting send is like okay what can go wrong I remember asking Kiele like okay before we send the email let's think real hard what's the worst thing that can happen right now. You know, and, and you just hope that you can think. It's like, oh, man, we forgot to, you know, put the, I mean, I have fucked up so much shit. Sent out emails with the wrong link. Uh, just, you know, sent out emails to the wrong fucking list. I mean, it is just, you know, you can fuck some shit up, man. And so, yeah, just up to that moment. And then, like, once you send it and, and things start coming and the sales start coming in, you realize, okay, whew, all right, we're not going to, the wheels aren't going to come off the wagon right now um then yeah there is like a sense of relief of just like all right i've we're here we cross finish line on this and then uh and i'm i'm like that man like i am so bad about finishing something like that and then the next day it's like what's next yep and then if i'm if and you know and then my my uh fallback if i'm not feeling up to it is i'm being a pussy everybody else is doing this like what's my fucking problem And so, man, yesterday I just had to admit, like, you know, I'm tired. Like, this has been a long push. I'm mentally done. I need to just take a day to relax and not think too hard about stuff and then come in the next week fresh and start pushing on the next project. And so I just took an hour and a half nap, watched some fucking Lachlan Giles half guard instructionals. and uh, um, But, yeah, I was joking with Kiela. I was like, man, I need, I think just about every two weeks, what I call it? My fortnightly nap day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Every
2: two weeks I need a nap day. A nap day. Yeah. A fortnightly nap day. So, but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's normal, man. I go through the same shit with, uh, with it. So, but, uh, anyways, I forgot what the fuck my point was. I think that was my point. That was your point. Was my point. Cool. Did you watch the Super Bowl at all? I did a little bit. Yeah. It was an entertaining game.
1: I did. I watched a little bit of it. Yeah, just because it's a an event.
2: Yeah. You know. And... Did you see the the truck tire tire flipping commercial? I did not. There, I, I I don't know if it was on during the Super Bowl or if I saw it last yeah. night, man. But it's a it's a Planet Fitness commercial. All right. So we already Planet Fitness purple shit. You yeah. know, The uh, what's the alarm? The um lunk alarm. The, the or lunk something? head alarm. Lunkhead Lunkhead yeah, alarm. Yeah, yeah, or something, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So it's this couple walking in and at first you don't realize it's a planet fitness and so they walk into this gym and everything's like truck tires people got like dumbbells that have fucking like little tires on them and there's just like you know it's tires everywhere and the people walk in and they're like oh hey you know where's your guys's treadmills and this guy's like i flip truck tires <laughs> <laughs> and they're like oh okay truck tires we flip truck tires And you're trying to make fun of this. I'm I'm sitting here looking at this gym, like, this place looks fucking great. (laughs) This place looks fucking awesome. And they're like, well, what about like the, you know, the the machine circuit? And he's like, truck tires, we flip truck tires. (laughs) And then like the this fucking bay door goes up and these this truck drives by with a bunch of tires on the back of it and he turns around and starts running after it. He's like, truck tires, I'm going to flip you.
1: So it was a uh, Planet Fitness commercial,
0: and then, and then and
2: yeah, and then it switches back to this couple, and they're like looking at each other, like, "Holy shit, we got to get out of here!" And then you see them at Planet Fitness, and they're like, you know, Planet Fitness, you know, fucking, I don't even know what their slogan was, like, "Be a pussy with the rest of them," um, <laughs> you know. It's uh, yeah. So that and that was it. And I'm like, I'm watching that, and I'm like, dude, like the first gym looked cool. Yeah, it looked really cool, and that flipping truck tires is probably far more functional than the stupid little machine circuit and running on a treadmill that you're going to do at Planet Fitness. Like, you guys are trying to make fun of this, but, like, and, and You're what, a little off. But what's funny is, like, to a, a large segment of the population, that probably rang true. Yeah. Like, I don't want to flip truck tires. Truck tires make me intimidated. Right. I want purple machines and a pizza when I sign up.
1: Yeah, they, do they have, like, pizza for once a month and donuts? They put donuts out in the middle of the gym floor? Yeah, dude.
2: I I used to have a tough time like with the old school gyms that would have a bar. Yeah, the old like it would be the racquetball club and the gym.
1: There was what like Lifetime Fitness was the name of a big chain that was back in Flint, if I remember right. Yeah, they actually had a bar. Yeah,
2: you could go get a A beer, beer after your workout. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. I think my dad used to partake in that. Yeah, he thought it was cool. He's like, yeah, I'll go work out, sit in the sauna, do the. They had like, you know. Hot plunge, cold plunge deal yeah. and set up. And yeah, you get showered up and then you go have a beer. Everybody yep. go have a beer afterwards.
2: Yeah, yeah, dude, <laughs> it cracks me up. I used to struggle with that. Now they got pizza and donut days. Yeah. So yeah, and for the record, I know I was telling Rob that he probably needs a donut here and there, but most people at Planet Fitness don't. So yeah. they're they're trying to create a calorie deficit. Rob's trying to dig himself out of one. So, most there's time, the difference. Most, most of the
1: time, I am trying to dig myself out of some sort of hole. So, I'll admit. And it's a self-dug hole. Yeah, man. Almost 100% of the time. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah.
2: Exactly. So much of it's just being able to step back and look at yourself. Objectively. Objectively. Just be like, dude, I'm a weird person. <laughs> <laughs> How I look at the world and interact with it is so interesting. What the fuck <laughs> is wrong with me? Why do I do these things?
1: And then I hear the voice, you're not special. Shut up and fucking do it.
2: And then you're like, see, like that. That's very interesting. (laughs) Right? Like, it's that detached. Like, (laughs) hmm, that's fucking interesting. Why do I do these weird things? You know, if you're studying yourself as a scientist, you'd have, like, volumes of books about, like, Rob's interesting way of looking at himself. Versus what is Rob here what is Rob what here what is Rob see what is Rob see yeah. and what is Rob here <laughs> versus what's actually there and of course who determines what's actually there
1: that's he's, a question whose reality itself. is reality exactly
2: so but
1: I'm still slogging my way through the uh, K, the lighting yeah, light cave the like cave, cave man yeah. again talking about the lack of time I had not lack of time everybody's got the same 24 hours in a day I'm a busy fucking guy I'm not complaining but I haven't like I still try to read. I'm trying to meditate, do all this shit. I haven't made it through this book yet. I'm only like 300 pages in, but it's a good book. Yeah, it's and entertaining. I, and I, yeah, it's not one you just plow through. No, like, I like to read a little bit, and let it digest. Read a little bit, let it digest. You know, I got obviously I always end up getting another book or two going, so right <laughs> doesn't help. But no, it's uh, they're uh they're going into the history of William Ockham. You know, of Ah, of the of the famed Occam's razor. Yeah, I'm at that part right now. It's very
2: interesting now you know why it's called Occam's razor. Yeah. Like I never knew. I didn't
1: know. I mean, you've heard that referenced a million times. Yep. It's like, what exactly is it? Why would they call it that? Yeah. And oh, because of a guy named William Occam.
2: Yeah. I think, I think well, if the was, razor was used for as an or an eraser, an eraser to scrape what, off the
1: cow yeah. hides or something, or the yeah, the ra- cow, yeah, yeah, that animal hide, animal hides that they and would so write shit So you take
2: a razor and you would use that to erase the ink off the top layer. So like today's equivalent would be Occam's eraser. Correct. So Occam's razor sounds ah, way cooler. Sounds cooler, way cooler. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, again like you take these things for granted. Like you realize, like wait a minute. Up until this guy pointed this out, no one really thought about, like, maybe we should cut, like, if we can do this in three steps, why do five?
1: Yeah, we're overcomplicating this. Yeah, if we can do it in one, why do three? Yeah, why Why are you explaining this like this when you can explain it like this? Yeah, why do
2: we have 25 steps when it's obvious that only these five are the important ones? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, like, today it seems obvious as fuck. Right. But up until he came along, and again, I'm sure throughout time there were pockets of people that you know had these thoughts but whatever it was you know allowed that guy to plant a flag that you know grew into like the overall consciousness of of the western world at least and and you know by proxy the the rest of the world that like oh yeah we should think about this when we're discussing things
0: mm-hmm.
2: and so yeah that like that was kind of the cool thing about that book is you see these these flags yep. and you're like god damn it dude i take so much for granted so much for granted like we've like there was a time when, like, yeah, no, 25 steps is better. And
1: and then if someone doesn't spend time thinking about it and questioning <laughs> the system, they just keep right. going with it. And then it takes a special person to, like, put, hey, let's pump the brakes. Yeah. And then that person, a lot of times, in their day and age, is a martyr. And he gets called out and ostracized. Like, he's a weird son of a bitch. Yeah. He's like, why is this guy bucking the system? This is working. What's the, what's the problem? Right. But then in retrospect, like, oh, this guy was... He was on to something.
2: He was on to something. Yeah.
1: And then that's how it happens a lot of times.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you're never the popular guy at the party when you walk in and no. tell everybody, you know that thing that you thought you knew? You're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. Yeah, that's... Uh, the other cool thing with that book and is because uh, you, you see, like, how much uh, the church and religion played a role in philosophy. Huge. Huge role. Huge role and and by proxy again through science like it it, you know it's when you get into those you know that further along because like the science what we call science is basically the scientific method where you come up with a theory you perform an experiment and then you look at the results to determine whether your theory was correct or not you know again it sounds fucking obvious but up until a few hundred years ago we hadn't really like You know put that down and said this is how you do it like you could just come with a theory and have no evidence to back it up just a really good just no objective evidence right just a really good theory that sounded great and you could just talk about it really well and be taken seriously and now we're like where's your evidence right but up until a few hundred years ago there was no formal way to create evidence to back up your arguments and so that's what what we call science that's what it is it's the scientific method it's the formal use of that uh, methodology to try to create some objective data but again you see like the church far from the narrative that you know is, is popular where the church is anti science and anti philosophy and you know you, you realize like holy shit the church played a huge role in driving these things forward and it
1: was yeah huge role
2: huge role and yeah sometimes it overreacted in one way or another but it was like without the church and and how these things lined up uh with their philosophies and stuff like that and you know the whole adopting uh you know plato because again you start to see like plato in christianity you're like holy shit like yeah these forms where you meditate on things and you know you try to live up to these higher standards versus like your aristotle philosophy of like fuck that stuff you know it's only what we have here this is only what we can know now and you just like god damn that, it's just an age-old argument that's been raging on forever but uh, yeah it's, it's I really like that book I, I'm glad you're still going through it but it does it makes you grateful for all the people that came before us and argued about this shit and, and took the heat to to get these things out there and and get them into the into the public conversation so that we can sit here and have a decent forum to talk about stuff today so but uh, yeah that's what jiu-jitsu is. It's the ultimate scientific method. It is. I haven't well, Like
1: uh, that theory I was trying to d- defend the guard pass last night. Yeah. The double sleeve control. Yeah. It was paying off here and there, but then there's definitely flaws in the system. I, I just I was thinking about it driving down the road the other day. I was like, man, if I can just get double sleeve control, because then I can break the grip off my pant legs and then I can belly down and then I can right myself again and get back underneath. Yeah. And then I can just keep repeating the process. But it's a very grip-intensive method. Very grip-intensive method. Yes. <laughs> it's not very efficient. i gotta, well, I got to put it to the test some more. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was irritating when you did that. <laughs> Forget what happened. I eventually got something. I you remember passed. I got your arms you, you pa- in some you, position. There was
1: t- two two things you did. You you passed me twice really good when I was stuck to that method. One, you got a grip on my collar. And that was what it was. And I couldn't yes. shut it. So I couldn't... I couldn't because the, yeah. the move, once I get a double-sleeve grip... Is I, can, I can just follow you around and then when the opportunity presents, I belly down and like push you away. So it's kind of like, it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of unorthodox, but then I yank myself back underneath. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of my, my thought process, my scientific yeah. method I'm going through. Yeah. Right, and
2: I can't pass until I get upper body control. Right.
1: And then the other thing you did that allowed you to pass was you got good control of, like, my bottom side leg.
2: Mm, And that
1: that prevents me bellying down. Yeah. Because as you're about to pass, if you don't have either one of those controls, like, you you try to get too – you try to advance your system too far without decent control, I can belly down and get back underneath. Yeah. And so once you stop me being able to do that – it throws uh, it all out the window, and that's it. Yeah. So it was the bottom side leg, or it yeah. was the bottom side of the. I remember
2: when I got that lapel uh-huh. when you said that. I was like, oh, I remember. You, I remember I was so frustrated trying to pass because you kept resetting, <laughs> and I, and finally I snagged the collar, I and like, I was like, Shit.
0: oh
1: God, okay,
2: yeah. You even said something, and I was like, oh yeah.
1: But I even think, more importantly, it's the bottom side yeah because i think if you have my top side lapel or my top side leg well that's what i, I was able. i can, to, yeah. I can switch i yeah. can switch enough to almost get my like my belly button to the ground yep and then get back underneath yeah to where if you get the bottom side i can't
2: no I, I, I agree the the collars what allowed me to get that grip yeah because like you, you you had me it, like i was like strung out like a fucking marionette a little right. puppet and then like i finally got your elbows to bend and I got in, and, and then that's what, when, when your arms are bent, you're not as, you have more mobility. You know, when you have them locked out, and you just have them, like, pushed there. Like, I can't fucking do anything yeah. with them. And that's what it was. It was like, I got in close enough. I grabbed that collar to anchor myself in, and that gave me the mobility with the other arm to get that bottom leg. And then... And I was screwed. Yeah.
1: Was like, son of a bitch.
2: Yeah. I have been, like, uh, Kevin was pointing out that... A lot of my passing problems occur when I get to my knees it's like once I start to pass like staying on my toes and so yeah that was working well for me yesterday Cause man it is like when you start to get unbalanced like my my uh, default default is just base root down yeah root down and base and uh, but then as soon as I do that I stop moving and I can't really respond to them moving and so then they can start moving and recovering shit Whereas if I've got, like, my, like, I'm kind of on my toes more and wedging in, it's easier to to follow and respond to things. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, I was having, like, yeah, better luck passing that way. Just committing, like, dude, I'm on my toes. I'm on my toes. I'm not fucking going to my knees no matter what. If a knee hit the ground, it was right back up and just kept going. That's why I'm so goddamn tired today, man. <laughs> God, dude, I, that's I was working that, just trying to move, 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 passing, and then digging for underhooks from half guard and trying to come up on the, on the freaking single leg or old school sweep or whatever. And uh, yeah, those are energy intensive
1: uh, things. Yeah. <laughs> well, jiu-jitsu is a pretty energy intensive activity. It is,
2: but then you like purposefully. I'm gonna like stay on my feet yeah. and just keep moving when i'm passing and then like yeah digging for underhooks and trying to come up from half guard is uh it, it's yeah people can you can get there man once you get the position but it's hard you gotta fucking grind for it especially when people know yeah. I, I mean you're sitting there and just that fucking fight you know underhook oh they get the underhook back it's a little deeper respond to this shit get in there and once you get it in, it's just fucking hang on to it for dear life. Like, do not let them get it back.
1: <laughs> you fought so hard for it. You don't want to let it go. No, dude. That, that's so why, hard. I like, with uh, Trey, because he's so good at doing crucifix stuff. Yeah. And him and I exchange like crucifix ideas, and that's I love trying to do that stuff on him mm-hmm. because he you know he knows exactly what I'm going for. So he's got the answers to it. Yeah. So then it makes me come up with a little different route. Yeah. And I even yesterday I showed him I was like, hey, check this out. Right before we wrestled. I was like, hey, this is another way I've been doing it. And he's like, oh. And then we started wrestling. I went and I got right to it. And then he knew the answer. I was like, damn, I should have just told you. (laughs) He's like, if I wouldn't have just told you, I probably would have got this. But it's good. It makes you come up with another solution.
2: Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, I got a pretty good solution for his crucifix setup from Turtle. Just fucking flip. It's like the old, it's the Turtle Escape. The one that uh, Lance actually showed me where you come up on your head first. Uh And then you roll. Cause when he starts to set up the crucifix, it becomes, a, uh, it it if he it, it becomes which way do we roll? If we roll my way, I end up on top, and as long as I don't let him like trap my arm like real bad, uh, I'm in the fucking the, the back escape position right I just gotta start working my hips up and and you know coming on top, and uh, but if he rolls me the other way, I'm in a crucifix. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like recognizing like, oh, I see he's trying to set this thing up because to set it up, he has to commit. Like he's got to like, you know, if he's going to try to get that second arm, he's got to commit that first arm. He's got it controlled and he's trying to get that second one. And so he don't got that post because he's committing it. And so if I can just recognize and roll and then get to that position before he's able before to secure he, my other arm, the other
1: arm. Yeah, he other arm. Yeah.
2: Then I'm on top of it. Like he's in trouble doing yeah. that. So, it's, uh, yeah, it's funny, though, dude, him doing his crucifix shit. Like, I, I didn't know how to defend that stuff. It was him just going for it all the time.
1: That's what makes it so cool. You get different teammates that start trying different things. Yeah. You're like, oh, then it makes you come up with solutions. Like it's annoying at first. I mean, it's annoying in a good way. Right. It's like, oh, man, and I got it. Damn it. I didn't Damn. realize I had this hole. <laughs> yeah, I That's what hole. it is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like, I had this blind spot I didn't yes. realize. Yeah. yeah so.
2: so, yeah, no, it's good. He's, uh working on that but that's my if I can detect it early enough that's my as with most, most things as with most things yeah <laughs> Yep, now there's layers to it yeah. so it's uh yeah so what are you working on today
1: oh I think just doing some of the normal things I've been doing but to the other side I'm working on some more inverting, some barambola stuff to my weaker side yeah <laughs> and things like that. Because right. I, I have a tendency to always go this way. Right. So I need to go to my right.
2: you got to be an ambi. Ami, bowler. Ami
1: bowler. I just need to get some reps in.
2: Yeah. Nice, so. man. I'm going work on my half guard stuff. Lachlan, Lachlan Giles or Giles, whatever the fuck you say it. He's, uh, was watching his knee shield stuff yesterday. So, he likes to play like a high knee shield almost like the almost like a uh, like a leg lasso like your legs and with but you don't have their arm right but so your
1: shins kicked up in your armpit
2: yeah 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 like, and, you're, and you're using that foot on the back to as a to create leverage to help keep your knee flared out so the way he gets set up is' like real like this is up in the armpit and he's got this flared up and then he's got this inside too so it's real hard for People to smash that down. That top leg down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus like, you know, I kinda of play that middle. He comes down, like, you know, some of the stuff will come down to move, but just like getting set up. He likes that, that high knee shield with the foot up in the armpit to create some leverage to, to keep that up. So I'm trying to play with that. Nice. I was, yeah, and I was fucking uh Corey, man. I was like, yeah, I gotta try this on Corey. And yeah, we only got to Nishil like once last night, which is completely dude, Corey, abnormal for
1: us. Corey's really impressed me lately. He is taking himself out of his comfort zone. Yeah. And trying not to just maul and trying to think and be more technical. And I can tell it's a struggle for him. And I see him revert back to his mauling ways once in a while. But he's doing really dude. And I see him improving. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really impressive to me because I know it's against his nature. <laughs> like he he is the Mauler, and we call him the Mauler for the reason like that's just he's just kind of an aggressive dude. Yeah. And that's his answer to things like if th- something doesn't work, just be more aggressive, which works
2: sometimes. It does work sometimes.
1: And but he's recognizing that, and he's trying to be more technical and more thoughtful, and trying different things, and just getting tapped, and like ah yeah, whatever. Yeah. And I see it, and it's dude, it, it makes me happy because he's getting tougher and tougher to roll with. Cause he's not just defaulting back to knee shield, bottom or top. You know, yeah. cause he's trying different things, and it's it's good. I see his gears turning. Yeah, no. So it's awesome.
2: No, it's uh,
1: yeah. I don't know what the catalyst was that pushed him over the edge, but something something pushed him over the edge, and it was just it's only been like the past month or so. Yeah, That I've noticed it.
2: No, I think, uh, I don't know, man. We got like a bunch of really good fucking training partners. Yep. I, I mean, I think it's one of those things. Like eventually, reality starts to let you know. Whether your approach is working or not, and you know if you start to just see consistently, like all right, people are improving, and I kind of seem to be in the same place, you know, how do I get out of here? And uh, I think that, I think that, uh, you know, as, as the gym's grown again, you you look around, we got a lot of good people coming in, people have been getting better, and so I think part of it's just. You're like, fuck, how do I keep up with yeah, you this gotta, group of savages, you you man? Evolve or die. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, man. Pretty much. It's you do. If you're not man, then it fucking drives me nuts, like how quickly people pick up on shit in that gym. Because you'll have something that's working for a week or two and then it's like gone. And, cause people are just figuring it out and whether you know, consciously or not. And and so like if you're not constantly trying to evolve what you're doing like yeah you just you can get stuck and then people catch up to you and start passing you and it's like fuck that man so yeah that's one of my I got I don't want anybody to get better than me (laughs) I know when everybody started I'm okay with people who started before me being better than me but anybody who started at the same time or after me I have to be better than them (laughs) I know it's ridiculous. <laughs> no, but it
0: is ridiculous, but it's truthful. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is, man. It's, it's your peers. So, <clears throat> on some level, that's what's good. It's, uh, you know, if you start to notice, like, man, people are getting better than me. Like, why? What's going on? It's because uh, it's that, that uh, thing you need three people to be, to really succeed in a lot of things, especially jujitsu someone better than you, someone the same as you, and someone worse than you you know, so someone you can help, someone who's, you, you look at, and again, that's where that comes in, you're looking at, and you're like, all right, wait a minute, why is, why am I having trouble with this person, like, I used to not have trouble with this person, and now they kick kicking my ass, and I can't really get anything going, you know, that's that, that signal, that's like, all right, I gotta change something, because again, you're getting your ass kicked by, you know, someone better than you, you expect it, so it's that, it's that group around you, where you're like, Okay, I kind of know where I should be in this group, and and things are fucking changing here. What's going on here? <laughs> it's
1: frustrating. It's frustrating. Some, some days you leave happy, like yeah, I know where my place is, and then some days you leave like damn it, yep. I lost a couple of notches.
2: Hell yeah, man. Dude, yeah, i just like that with everything. I remember that with uh, fucking mountain biking, man. We had our little pecking order. Then you know, if you're at the top of the guys, you could you know be one of the first ones to hit something or hit the biggest stuff or, or whatever, man, is like, you know, you took that shit seriously, and then one day some little fucking groms show up and just start doing shit, and you're just like, damn it, my time has passed, I gotta go find something else, how about jiu-jitsu?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, I'm kind of, now you mentioned that, I've noticed that too, but it is hard, man, Sim and I both just, we're very comfortable with hanging out in knee shield looking at each other. <laughs>
1: That's funny. What's
2: up, bro? Oh, buddy. Hell yeah, man. So, uh. What else t- you want to
1: talk about? That's what I came in with today. That's what you came in with,
2: huh? My kratom epiphany. That's funny. It's more of a metabolic balance epiphany. Yeah, something. Yeah. There's some
1: sort of epiphanies going on there.
2: There's actually two. I remember, uh, um, I got to get the, the uh, numbers from my notes, but it might be something interesting for you to check out because there is like a maximum number of calories that your body can replenish, right? So it's not like burn as many as you can and then just eat a bunch because even then it's like your body can only turn over and use so many calories within a 24-hour period and so, if you're if you're burning more than that number on a consistent basis, then like you're just bearing a fucking hole. Like it, there's pretty much nothing you can do from a natural standpoint to stop uh, overtraining from starting to happen. Like your body just naturally can't keep up with those demands. Of course, that's where steroids and shit come in or kratom.
1: See, that's my maybe that's my solution. I just need to get on the sauce. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> yeah, that's a better solution. I mean, fuck all this pussy bullshit of doing less. Doing
2: less and getting more sleep. <laughs> getting, man. Fuck this. Yeah. But
1: see yeah.
2: But the problem is, is it's the same um it's the same thing that Kratom did is like you know, part of it like Kratom you know, had its symptoms but it also allowed you to bury the hole deeper.
1: Yep. It allowed me to keep digging. Yes.
2: Yeah. So, so now it's like, you know, how much of this is like really like Kratom symptoms and how much of this is like, you know, you were legitimately overtrained, like in in your body is recovering from an episode of overtraining because, you know, if you look up the symptoms of overtraining, they're very similar to the symptoms of like opioid withdrawals and shit like that. Like it's, it's the flu like symptoms, the constant soreness, depression, you know like they are like very, very similar. So again, it's like if you're going just based on symptoms, it's you know uh, separating those things out. you know I don't what is what is overtraining and what is the actual kratom symptoms, but the steroids would do the same thing where, I could you, just dig the whole yes, deeper. you're gonna dig the hole deeper. Yeah. In six months to a year, we're gonna have another problem because you're you're like
1: <laughs> I, I gotta cycle off D ball.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm addicted to
1: D-ball. <clears throat> Got another confession to make. I can, I can see this episode coming.
0: I was supposed to do one every other day. I'm up to three a day, James.
2: But I'm jacked. Checked. <laughs> only need three hours of sleep a night.
1: <laughs> I'm on Adderall, and D-ball <laughs> fucking jiu Jitsi's on fire <laughs>
2: but uh oh man so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's the the balance there fuck balance
1: <laughs> balance uh, balance is for pussies I don't know if your body agrees with that it doesn't no. I can tell you that
0: right now it doesn't it doesn't
2: so anyways um oh man I don't know what I got here the truck tire thing was my my big uh, my big um, thing I wanted to bring up that I made a note on. So I did uh, find out this week that coaching butterfly guards to new people is a fun and interesting task.
1: That's definitely not a position that you put a new person in who's never done Jiu-Jitsu. They'd be like, what is this? Yeah, how is this applicable? Like, well,
2: again, it's funny. You tell people like, okay, here's butterfly guard. No, never go here. <laughs> kind of, kind of. Right?
1: Like, yeah, this is a little much for you. Yeah. you need no, to no, be no, aware no, no, of it. No, 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 no,
2: no. I mean, like, when, when, what, what? You, here's butterfly guard. Go. For me to do anything from butterfly guard. I don't stand butterfly guard. No. What, what what you call butterfly guard. When we explain butterfly guard and say this position where I'm sitting, you know, with my shoulders in front of my hips and I'm leaning forward and I got my my knees out in this butterfly guard position. This is butterfly guard. This is what we call butterfly guard, right? Yep. What the fuck do you do from here? Nothing. Right? So it's this weird thing where we're like, here's butterfly guard. Now never go here. Because if you want to do something, you have to move. You gotta, you gotta, move, gotta, you gotta get, get an underhook. Get an underhook or You, grip you, know, or you may have to like scoot underneath them yeah. to, you know, change that angle. You want your hips in front of your shoulders so you can lean back. I mean, so you know, it's a it's a weirdly it's a weird thing to coach because you are. You're starting out by saying, here's butterfly guard, everybody get here. Okay, now don't ever go here again. Right? We're gonna start here, but this is not actually where you're gonna do anything from. This is just like I guess you call it, like, closed guard. Closed guard is kind of similar. Similar that in that, way, yeah. Where you show closed guard, and then it's like... It's like the
1: foundation. Like, you yeah. got to kind of understand this part of it yep. before you can do anything from there.
2: Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But it's getting people to understand that. Like, I'm showing you this, but now you're going to have to move from this position to actually do anything. But you yeah. have to understand this position so that you have a, a context and a base to move from. And then... Uh, so, yeah, that and then just the the coordination of the upper body and lower body and that so yeah it was funny monday night um we uh we did it and i realized i gotta have people do it without anyone on them first because you you know you can do the butterfly guard sweep the basic butterfly guard sweep uh movement just with your body and so getting people to uh do that and so it was it was interesting i realized that the the two mistakes people make when they're trying to do butterfly guard sweeps is one, they land on their elbow and kill their momentum. And so just keeping that elbow tucked. But two, like they don't understand that like once you roll to your shoulder, you stop rolling. And and you're kicking up. You're using you're using your leverage, you're using the foot on the ground to drive up. And what they want to do is they just want to keep rolling and, and kick with the top leg and and just keep rolling kind of like over.
1: almost like log roll. Yeah, over.
2: exactly. And that's why they want to come over to mount. That's why you know first time you show somebody butterfly guard their or butterfly guard sweeps, they're like you got to tell them like don't come to mount like and because like, that's not it. It's not a log roll. And so yeah, getting them to figure out like I got to fall to my shoulder, and then once I fall to my shoulder, I stop rolling. I don't roll anymore, and now I'm I'm. I'm kicking up through the ground not just this top leg because the top legs weak you know but if you drive through the ground you get that the, the good push and then all of a sudden they're doing it right <clears throat> so yeah from Tuesday on it looked much better that's good when I started doing the, uh, the little drill beforehand but it uh, yeah you know and, and butterfly guard it's not it's one of those like I use it to teach two things like one like using the hook you know, your, your butterfly hook or to, to, uh, control and move. Cause that's, you use that in everything. Like once you start to realize like X guard is just butterfly hook and, yeah. you know, single leg is butterfly, butterfly hook, hook and, and yeah. you know, they're all, even De La is kind of a weird twist. It, it's a butterfly, twist, it's hook, a butterfly hook. It's basically a butterfly yeah, hook. Yeah. They're all butterfly hooks. Every fucking thing is a butterfly has a butterfly hook somewhere in it or some variation on it. And so once you start realizing like, okay, hooks, I got to use hooks to control their legs And then the idea of, uh, you know, controlling a post and then generating leverage in that direction. And so if you go to generate leverage this way and they react, you know, you can problem solve. Okay, well, what post can I control now and and create leverage in that direction? And so we were actually looking at, we did the regular butterfly guard sweep And then we did, if you're trying to set it up and they hunker down this way, coming over and getting the, um, like
1: the shoulder the pinch. shoulder pinch the shoulder yeah. lock
2: yeah and then going using, that way yeah using that to go the other way and uh, man by the end of the week people were fucking looking good
1: that's good that's a good sweep and it's it's easy to understand yeah they both those put together that's a good combo you're teaching those put together like that
2: yeah and then it works in you know and you, you, I showed them too like you go this way they do this so you do this and guess what they're gonna do they're gonna hunker back down this way so guess what you do you just come right back come and back fucking that yeah. go that way and you know, it's fun, man, like watching people, they start to see like, oh, you know, and it's, it's, uh, the problem solving thing. Again, I keep trying to emphasize that, like, you know, it's just, I'm showing you a technique, but when we're rolling, it doesn't go this way. You got to be trying to problem solve, like, okay, what, what post do I have? Which way can I generate leverage? You know, if I don't have anything, I need to get something. Right. So it's, uh, uh, but yeah, it's a good, good way to kind of teach those, those two concepts, And, uh, next week we're doing side control and neon belly escapes. So, gotta work on those myself.
1: Those are pretty important.
2: They're pretty important, man. They're pretty important, so. They never
1: stop being important.
2: No. It's just, it's fucking hard, man. I mean, if you get someone on top of you who knows what they're doing. Like, I wrote down in my journal last night, one of my successes is that I almost recovered half guard on you. (laughs)
1: Yeah,
2: you got close. I, it was it was a glimpse, man. I don't usually when when you get on top of me like for if me I want to to, stay I can get to like, like three quarter mount. Like that's mm-hmm. not I'm not that's not half guard. That's just mm-hmm. you know, so yeah. But yeah, I uh, managed to almost get half guard on you, so that was a victory for me. It's good. Yeah, but it is, man. It's so it's one of those things you never you just, you just keep fucking working on, and you can never be good enough at it no (laughs)
1: because just when you think oh i got i got solutions here somebody else presents you with some different attacks from top. top you know they're doing something different you're like ah shit yeah man solutions are pointless yeah yeah
2: so anyways and then uh what the fuck did? oh the kids class gave out some stripes in kids class this week nice that was good yeah i think i'm gonna go with the month you know it's like eight classes so because man it's amazing how fucking pumped they get pumped they get pumped man I mean it was just all smiles and we had parents of some of the kids even like message us saying like dude it was the kids were in such a good mood and it was just all smiles all night at home and it's like such a small little thing but like the kids like they appreciate the recognition yeah and it's like man you've been coming in you've shown up good job and you've been trying hard and working hard and so it uh yeah that was fun man I liked uh it feels good to be able to recognize people who are putting in, putting in work and, uh, getting better. So the, um, but yeah, with the kids, man, we've been working on, uh, getting out of mount quite a bit. I just noticed at that kids tournament that if one kid got mounted, it was pretty much over. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then, and then the worst thing was like the kids would pin the wrists, right? They would just like, like the the kid on top would do the bully, like pin the wrist thing and Man, it, it drives me nuts because that's, that's, like, that's not effective. No, it's not effective at all. Like, if you know what you're doing, like, it's not good jujitsu. Mm-hmm. So, one, if you have got a bunch of kids who are doing that, like, that's bad jujitsu. They're developing bad habits. Obviously, the kids on the bottom don't know how to deal with that. So, there's a like that should not be a problem for for someone who knows jujitsu how to like get out of that situation. And so. Yeah, I was like, dude, the, I'm going to make sure these kids here know how to get out of mount and they know how to deal with this stupid pin the wrist bullshit. And, uh, and it's not just game over when someone gets on top of you and pins your wrists. And so, uh, yeah, we've been doing, so what we do is we do uh, a lot of the techniques that we've been doing tie into mount somewhere. Like this week we were doing like coming to mount if someone's getting out of your backpack. And then we do a minute of uh, specific training, basically, starting in mount. And kid on bottom's got to get out, kid on top's got to stay on top or get to backpack if they roll, and then reset, and then, you know, you switch and go through that a few times. So we're only going for a minute, man, It's go hard, you know, get out of there. And, dude, uh, it's fun. It's fun watching the kids, like, you know, they're working hard, and they're getting better at maintaining mount on top and, like, getting out. But the, yeah, I showed them the, um, the pimenta, the, or I remember he showed us like grab the belt and just fucking stiffen your arms out and then mm-hmm. just start like taking off like a tight pair of pants. And uh dude it's such an easy one for kids to do. Like I'm really kind of surprised that it like it's not like the standard mountain escape that you teach kids. It's so goddamn simple. Like grab their belt, straighten your arms out and then just
1: take off creative take off. I a think pair that's, of pants, that's a man. good way to explain because that's really the motion you're doing.
2: Yeah. That shimmy. Yep. He's yeah. Got kind of shimmy. Yep. Get those pants off, and once you get your butt out, then get get the fuck out of there, man. Yeah. Just scoot out and get a knee up and start recovering half guard or whatever. But uh, so yeah, the getting them going with that, I just man, I don't want to see my kids fucking getting mounted and just just not know how to get out of there, man. It's it's uh, it's frustrating. I think like that, like that's jujitsu, man. Like you should be able to get out of bad situations. So. I mean, being able to get into him is great, but like the beauty of jujitsu is like knowing how to turn what is a potentially a bad situation around
1: into, into a good, situation. Into a good
2: situation. Yeah. Like that's, you know, in my mind, like, and that was the thing that turned, you know, that blew people's minds with jujitsu. And, you know, the first one it's like, holy shit, he's on his back. That's a bad situation. Wait a minute. He's choking him out from his back. Like <laughs> what's going on here? Right? Like, that's the beauty of it is, like, I can take what should be a bad thing and turn it around and, and get into a better position for it. So, it's not easy, man, teaching kids how to escape uh, no. side control, but we're going to fucking work on it. Like, I want to make sure they know how to do those things. That's good. So, but, <clears throat> yeah, man, it's been fun. We had 12 kids in class on Thursday. Did you really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It was, uh... We're definitely going to cap it at like 15 or 16 kids just because I want to make sure they're actually getting some attention and, uh, you know, it's not, it's a good experience for everyone, but yeah, 12 kids, man. It's a lot of, a lot of fun trying to keep them going. We got a good uh, group because we got like, there's like three sizes of kids, you know, you got like your little kids, like, you know, five, six years old, then you got like your medium-sized kids for about, like, 79. You know, yeah, exactly. And then we got, like, a couple bigger kids who are, like, 11, 12, 13. And so, it's it's training partners, right? Like, that's the thing. Like, I'm lucky that I don't have someone who's, like, at an extreme. Like, someone who's way bigger than everyone else or someone who's much smaller than everyone else and they don't have anyone to train with. Uh, so, I've gotten real lucky that 12 to kids have of that that
1: on that, te- on that, Thing, but off topic I've been listening to this podcast about uh, Kobe and Shaq Okay, and this got made before Kobe passed away in a helicopter crash I just yeah. I got went down this you know athlete rabbit holes, listening to different podcasts and it talks about their dynamic and their relationship you know because Kobe came into the NBA when he was like 17 18 yeah. one of the youngest players ever and Shaq was already basically a star in the NBA, and they did not mix well. Right, especially at the beginning. Yeah, and they never really did through both their professional careers. I mean, they had mutual respect, but they never yeah. mixed. With. They were they were like, complete oh,
2: opposite. Kobe's yeah. there shooting, practicing all hours of the day, and Oil Shaq's out fucking partying and, 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 so, well, and so doing so many Shazam movies and so many
1: different things. Like Kobe came from a really privileged background. Yep, and Shaq came from more of the inner city background. They were just different people. But anyway, that's not what I was getting at. It's a good podcast, but, uh, dude, Shaq was, at the age of 11, he was 6'3", or 6'4". Fuck, dude. Wrap your mind around that. 11-year-old, (laughs) 6'3".
2: Yeah, what class do you put him in?
1: (laughs) Jesus Christ, dude. That's insane. Yeah. When I heard that statistic, I I, I thought I didn't hear it right. So I rewound the podcast, and like, you know, I mean, obviously I didn't like fact check it, but they had no reason to yeah. lie about it on yeah, this podcast. Yeah, 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 at the age of eleven, that kid was six three or six four. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> just it's insane. That is insane. Can you just imagine a kid walking around? That I mean, a dude, a grown man. Dude, at a grown six, three, man eight, at six three or six is a big man. Is a big man. Like you, you, you don't see a them. lot of them. No, I mean, how tall is Al? Our good, our good he's buddy. Probably there. He's probably in that ballpark. Yeah, a little over six foot. And he's a big dude. Yeah, you don't, you don't see a lot of people over six foot. And yeah. not,
2: <laughs> especially not eleven year olds. Eleven year olds. Yeah, but those are the ones you know, man. Yep. They're, it's that's the thing. Like you know, uh, it, it, oh, God damn it was, I was watching some stupid commercial, and uh, they said that oh, talent is distributed equally. But opportunity is not. And I'm like, talent is not distributed equally. That's the dumbest goddamn fucking thing you can possibly say. Man, like Shaq being 6'3 at 11 is a perfect example that talent is not distributed equally. Like, he's got a talent, you know, it, being tall is a talent. <laughs> I mean, yep. you can't fucking, uh, yeah, you can't coach height.
1: Nope.
2: So, <laughs> yeah, it's... uh. Yeah, those, they, those, those fucking, it's those freaks though, man. Like, th- those people are, and that's the thing, they usually are, we talked about this before, like, man, if you're still, if you've been doing something for a few years and you're still trying to figure out if you're world class, you're not. You're not. Yeah. Like, you're, you know you're world class, like, pretty quickly. If you're, if everything's lined up, if your talents and your, time, like, all the things are lined up right, like, yeah, you know pretty quickly what's going on. So, it's, uh. Yeah, it's funny though to listen to people who have been going at it for like five years and they're like, oh, I'm
1: waiting for my big break. It's like,
2: dude, I hate to be the one to tell you this. <laughs> I'm
1: not going to rain on your parade, but...
2: But it's not coming. So, but anyways. Anyways. So show that. Yeah,
1: You know what? got the name of the podcast, I think it was like One Plus One. Mm-hmm. It talks about the whole little premise of it. It talks about, you know, uh, group, you know pairs of individuals throughout history. Mm. that you needed one with the other to get an awesome result. Like Batman and Robin. You needed Batman and Robin. You know, I think they're going to do a segment on, like, uh, John Lennon and Paul McCartney. You know, there's another one. They did Kobe and Shaq. They got a bunch of different, you know, they're, like, eight-episode series or something. It's pretty interesting. Huh. So. Nice. The Kobe and Shaq one was pretty good.
2: Oh, well, Anyways.
1: Good Not since you have time to listen to it, as we discussed earlier, but.
2: No, no, not really. I'm working on uh, what is it? Oh, dude, did you listen to the Rafael Lovato Jr. I did. Interviews? Oh, That's we didn't even bring shit, that up.
1: Dude. Yeah, God, what was the name of that uh, shit he's got going on with his brain? I, man, I can't. Goddamn, I I can't believe we spaced that. I I was gonna bring that up too because that was that was big news. It's crazy shit, man. Yeah, poor guy. Like, it's weird, weird situation to be in. Yeah. You know, you get some doctors saying, like, no, you're fine. You can keep fighting. You get other doctors saying, like, no, oh, no, we can't let you fight. You know, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, dude, it's weird. Yeah. Really, really weird.
2: That's, uh, yeah, I'd never even heard of that like so it's basically carbonoma like, or carbonoma something. that's is that what it is, is that yeah. popped into my head I, say, I, don't, I don't think I'm saying it right no it's something like that you're like 90% I'm, I'm right. pretty close you're, yeah you're close enough where there's close. an oma and
1: there's a C in there car- and that's car- a carbonoma car- car-
2: car- 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 carbonoma something like that or something yeah. yeah yes no that's what it's called so yeah very uh uh yeah interesting yeah that's thing. crazy but yeah I mean it, it, it that does suck dude that dude just worked so fucking hard to get where he's at yep uh, wins a title wins a title one of the
1: greats in MMA beats Mousasi
2: No, and then finds out that he's got this weird brain disorder or whatever you want to call it that
1: growth you know blood cells uh, blood vessels blood vessels that are they accumulate in little bundles bundles. and then they're worried you know if he was to get hit they could rupture but there's really no study saying that these people are more you know yeah Likely to have this happen, blah blah blah, you know, right. contradictory, you know, things. But yeah, so. yeah, that was that was an interesting podcast. That was really good.
2: No, it was it was uh, interesting. But man, I can't even imagine just just the way he was describing, like you know, having to go through that training camp, that training camp, not knowing what's going on, but knowing you got this weird thing going on in your head. But, should yeah, I be training? You he, be he learns training?
1: about it as like as he's on his way to the airport to yeah. go to Brazil for the last month of his training camp, and you know they're going down there to train hard. You know, man, am I being selfish? Am I putting my life at risk down here training hard? Like, dude. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, but it makes, yeah, it makes what he did even more impressive. I mean, that dude's, that dude's definitely see, a See, but
1: that's what I'm talking about. You see people like that, and then you look at yourself, like, I'm not fucking special. Now that guy's special.
2: Well, I mean, that guy's like special. Like, special is degrees, man. It's not a box you check, yes or no right like yeah there's levels there's a spectrum to it levels so like average if you're just going to say average and anyone who's above average is you know and i again i say special you know not that you know all human life and people are valuable and we shouldn't like exterminate the non-special
0: people
2: (laughs) (laughs) we're not going to start going down that route but uh (laughs) but yeah i would just yeah, it's people who are above average, man. Yeah. You want to call that special or above yeah. average or just you know outliers or whatever. Like Once you start becoming, once you achieve more than what the average person does, you are, by definition, an outlier. Like You are not average. And so, again, going back to how many people are black belt, man. So even if you just went by that one thing alone, you are not average. Um, and then just all the things that you had to do to get to that point, the, those things don't make you average. So, like, this one non-average thing is actually the sum total of other non-average, non-average things. So, but he's just, you know... But again, like, you look at him, and he is a perfect example of uh, genetics and environment, right? His dad was a martial artist. He grew up doing this stuff. Yeah. You know, he was in on the you know the early days uh, of jiu-jitsu in the U.S. Um, you know, he, he's from Oklahoma, so he was had access to texas which texas along with california was one of the major you know growth spots for jiu-jitsu in the early days and you know still is there's a shit ton of great jiu-jitsu uh guys in that area and so you know and he's got you know he's obviously got some genetic uh gifts for he's tall and lanky tall lanky just a a good athlete yeah so he's got like all he's a a perfect example of when you get all of these things combined you get somebody super special he you know i wouldn't say like he's super special i say like he's special but he was all of these other things combined to create something that's super special because if he didn't have these other things you know like he he wouldn't have had those opportunities to do those things where you're like see that guy's like super special it's like no man he's you know he's special But and that's what makes those people cool because they're so rare because it's so rare that you get all those things lined up to get these like top of the food chain athletes that uh, make the rest of us feel inferior, inferior, right? But it's just keeping it all in perspective. Like, yeah, I am inferior to that dude, but, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm, you know, not special in my own way and I don't have things that I'm able to do and contribute and things that people look up to me and and think like, man, you know. I'm gonna to try to be more like that guy in this area. So, uh yeah, but yeah, that dude's a fucking champ, man.
1: Man, yeah, that I felt really bad for him, man. He's a super nice guy. I've actually met him. I've yeah. trained I've trained at his academy. Yeah. I did the I day him
2: briefly at Masters Worlds.
1: Um I didn't get to he didn't teach the class the day I was there. Uh Justin Rader did though. Okay. So yeah. I got and I actually got to get my ass whooped by Justin Rader when I was there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Really nice guy, and he taught a really good class. But I got to meet um uh, Lovato Jr., and super nice guy. Because I remember I called on the phone and said, hey, I'm coming into town. I, oh, yeah, come on down. And he was... I If I remember, he was there when I showed up. I think I trained a couple of days there. And yeah, dude, super welcoming. The awesome environment to train in. And just to hear him going through their struggles like, ah, dude, it breaks your heart a little bit. Like, dude, he's worked so hard yeah. to get to that point. And then now, it's, a, it's just like someone's yanking the rug out from underneath him. Yeah. I mean, he's still get to... Gonna, I mean, he's a fortunate guy and he was... He's not, he wasn't bitching and complaining. No, you know, no. But, yeah, man. He, he climbed that MMA ladder and he hadn't quite got to the UFC yet, but he won the Bellator Championship, which is a hell of an accomplishment. Yeah. You know, I would like to see him go into the UFC and let's, let's see how he does against the 185ers in the UFC. Yeah. You know, because that's kind of the operation, to me. These other MMA organizations are legit. Yeah. But in my opinion, like the UFC is it's the UFC. Yeah. It's the pinnacle of the sport.
2: I mean, personally, but, man, I don't know how he would fare in the I, UFC. <laughs> yeah,
1: and that's what I want to see. I yeah. How how is he gonna do against a UL Romero? You, yeah. you know you know what I mean? They dude, I wanna see I wanna see that fight. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of a lot of matchups in that division. You know, you can't throw them right to the Wolves right away. Right, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. but th- he's 37. Like, yeah, exactly. He doesn't have He doesn't have, have this time. time to lose. That, that's, yeah. what's, that's what sucks, too. He doesn't have time to, like, you know, work his way up. Right. I mean, much, the UFC but...
1: isn't known for, like, giving you tune-up fights either. Uh-uh. Like, oh, you're a tough guy? You won this? You want You were good over in one championship? Come on over. Yeah. Let's play somebody top five regularly. Top three regularly. Yeah, man. Look, well, look at Ben Askren. No. Yeah. He got eaten up and spit out.
2: Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's and that's where... Yeah, you're right, man. There's just the, the talent level in the UFC is because you can point, okay, this guy here, this guy there, you know, is, uh, you know, maybe comparable, could compete in the UFC. But just like, you know, your top 10 guys in the UFC and then your top 10 guys in like Bellator or like another organization, like, man, by the time you get down to like 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, like, it gets another world. Like, dude, yeah. those top 10 guys in the UFC are, are all fucking killers and you know you start to the the other organizations like they just can't you know you're gonna start running into athletes that have you know bigger holes or you know things like that like there's a reason that you're number 10 in bellator right like it's and it's not to take anything away still dude you're still one of the top like fucking handful of mma fighters on the planet if you're doing that but that is that is the thing is like that talent level in the ufc is just Totally, those are those are the special individuals we're talking
1: about. Those are the people that the genetics and the environment, everything is lined up, and the hard work. You know, I'm not just attributing it to genetics, but yeah. But I want to see him. Yeah. Jump into the UFC. Yeah. Hopefully, they get this thing figured out. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't even know I, if he's got plans. They didn't even talk about that. Right. I've never even heard if he's ever had offers or talks about that. I don't know. That's just that's just my fan wishful thinking. Right. you rooting for the jiu-jitsu guy.
2: Sounds like, you know, he just wanted to, you know, stick in Bellator to a couple more title defenses or whatever, but I'm sure somebody can't I mean, talk that's a hell, of a,
1: a hell of an accomplishment. Did oh, fuck like, yeah. you beat Gregor, Gregor Right, yeah, right, that's what dude. I'm saying.
2: Like guys, That guy's totally legit. He's like, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, But you get down to like, who are some of the guys that he beat on the way there, up right. to there? And if he, he had tried to walk... There's a reason he did that in Bellator instead of the UFC. Exactly. And so, you know, the that road through is just not quite the same. But, yeah, it's just a fucking gauntlet in the UFC, man. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, it's fucking crazy. That's why it's so hard to keep up with, like, who's who. Because you got... You just Dude, one minute somebody's on top, and then a year later... It's like, dude, something's passing by, like injuries happen. I mean, you know, like, I mean, look at, you know, Chris Weidman's a good example. I mean, he's still like good, but, you know, he's just, he was like fucking champ, right? Like, it was, and, and now you're like, God, dude, there's so many other people that are like just way better than him. Like, how does that happen in just a few years? You go from being, you, you,
1: get, you lose a fight, the top you, of the food chain, you get to, an injury where you got to get something like a serious shoulder yep. or knee surgery. That takes you out of the game for six, nine months easy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you kind of fall out of the public eye. And there's so many hungry young dudes coming up. Yep. And you just get swallowed up. Like
2: That's what it is, man. Yeah. That's what it is. It's just there's so many. It's such a – because, I mean, MMA is such a popular sport right now. And people getting into it. And it's just – yeah, you're getting a lot of people who would have uh, branched off. And like, yeah, I'd, I'd play football or I'd play baseball or I'd do – some other sport like these uber athletes and it's like, no, I'm going to do MMA. Yeah. Like that's like, you know, John Jones is that perfect example. I do. could have played any any other sport. Any other sport. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he has got two fucking all pro brothers in the NFL or whatever. It's like, so, but that's, that's the, the, uh, yeah, just, I, I think you're seeing like, that's that new generation, that new thing. That's why I'm like, I don't know if I really want to see Raphael, you, you like man the new breed of MMA guys is just different and and they come up doing this right like Rafael just started doing MMA a few years ago right and so it's like man you throw him in with some hungry kid who's got nothing to lose seeing like the legend you know Rafael Lovato Jr. across the cage and I you know it'd, it'd be a good fight but I just I think I don't want to see that dude get beat up no that, that's no. what I'm saying I don't even I don't even want to see him in a war you know what I mean? Like, I, I like that guy. I respect him. I still see him as more of, like, a jujitsu guy. Yeah. So, like, seeing that dude just, like, bloodied and battered at the end of a fight would be, like, just for me as, like, a fan of his would be kind of hard. And just, like, what was the point, man? Like, you're, dude, you've you've, you've accomplished everything. Like, you're a fucking legend in jujitsu. You know, you managed to get a title, a legitimate world title in MMA. You know, like... Do you really? Yeah, yeah you that's know? a good point. Like, yeah. I know he does, and he right. would, but just just me, right? If I really had to be honest, like, do I really want to see him? It'd be great if he won. Right, if you won. But it's just, that's, <sighs> you're throwing the dice, man. And
1: now with that brain thing he's got going on. like,
2: Yeah, well, and not just on top of that, yeah. but it's, uh, yeah, I don't think he'll fight again. I don't think they're going to approve him. I, not just, not. I don't see how on God's green earth a medical commission is going to approve
1: just liability. Yeah, you know, man. Now that it's out there, well, and, just and yeah. the uncertainty of it. Yes. Like, you know, why take our chances? Why take
2: our chances? Like, we don't know. Like, there's a difference between we don't know and it's not going to hurt. Exactly. And I, and I think that that's what.
1: That's the whole like, what is it? The absence of evidence, yes, not evidence of right. absence. Right. And then it's what is,
2: it sounded like those two doctors that told him like it's not going to hurt you. We're looking at well, there's this, there's an absence of evidence that says that it will, and so. Yeah, no, you're fine. And maybe they're right, but I just I think that's why all the other doctors were just like, "Look, man, uh, fuck. You got blood vessels that leak in your brain and you're going to get hit in your head." Like, let's, let's We don't have we don't have proof that this is going to be a problem, <laughs> but
1: it seems like it seems could like be. it might, man. It seems <laughs> like it might. And I can see how they come to that conclusion. Totally. A hundred percent. I'm not medically trained, obviously. Yeah. But I would come to that same conclusion. But dude, yeah, you got to protect
2: the athletes. I mean, that's what they're there for. But, you
1: know, I, I kind of side with what Joe Rogan was saying. That, hey, you know, maybe go in and do the surgery. Yeah, but the problem is he has those other spots. Yeah. that's Like, it's... like that, It's not just that one spot. Right, yeah. I, mean, I, I think,
2: you know, I think Joe was, like, kind of missing that. It's yeah. like, this is the big one that really has them... But, yeah, that, you're, you're,
1: you are right. Because now that you say that, I remember fixing my train of thought because I was like, oh, yeah, just go get the big one removed. But that's not necessarily going to uh, change the commission's mind. No. They're not. They're going to, okay, that big one's gone, but you still have these. So still have these other and ones. And these can still burst. Yeah. Yeah, that's right because I do remember thinking like, oh, yeah, just get the big one removed and you can fight. But, yeah, well, getting the big one removed yeah, yeah, still a clear you to fight, yeah. and it might not. Yeah, so then it's not worth the risk. Right, exactly. It, it's not like brain surgery is a minor thing. Yeah, you're doing brain <laughs> surgery for
2: something that you're not even guaranteed T- will give you the result you you're the looking for. You it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, that's right. I remember thinking that yep. going through that process.
2: Yeah. yeah, so yeah, that sucks, man. It <laughs> does, but I mean, he still accomplished a
1: lot, and dude, he still got his jiu-jitsu, and he's got good schools, yeah. and he's still. I bet you we'll see him at Masters Worlds this year. Fuck yeah, man. You know, so
2: I personally, man, I think he's great for the jiu-jitsu community because i love that dude yeah he's like everybody you know, does yeah 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 he's awesome for our sport and like seeing him you know, like him and uh you know cyborg ray are going to be doing a a match uh yeah, there's mode, like, the he, he match. yeah he announced that on the on the show so it's like him him doing matches in jiu-jitsu is good but he wasn't able to do that as much when you're training mma right and so when your focus is on mma like, it has to be on MMA, and so, like, I think it's him coming back to jiu-jitsu and, and doing matches there. Like, I don't like to see our fucking best athletes going, like, you know, I want to go to do MMA. Like, I miss Gary Tonin. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, that doesn't make me happy. Like, I just, I, I want our athletes to stay here. Yeah. I want them to just do jiu-jitsu and keep me happy. Fuck their dreams.
1: <laughs> it's about me. It's about me, man. Yeah, my
2: entertainment. That's right. Entertain me. So... Yeah. All right, man. Well, well, I'm
1: glad you brought that up. I yeah, I forgot all about that.
2: Yeah, it was uh, crazy. I didn't know what they were talking about. I just saw I was interviewing Raphael, and I was like, oh cool. I just like to Raphael's fucking. Right. to. Listen yeah, I had to. no idea that was coming. No idea. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. Then he starts getting into the story. You're just like, holy shit, dude. I Had no idea. Yeah. And yeah, they kept it all secret from everybody. Yeah, dude, like, like his out. manager
1: and his one head coach, even his other training partners didn't know. Yeah. He did not want his wife. Yeah, you know, he didn't tell his family. Yeah, and like yeah, the whole thing. Like damn.
2: Hell yeah, man! It's a lot to carry around.
1: Yeah, it is a lot to carry around. But, he said he felt it too. You know, he's like crying every day, just like the the heaviness of it. Fuck know? yeah! I can't. I do. I can't even imagine.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I was. I I thought that that was probably uh, you know his message was good, but man, just him admitting like how vulnerable he was and how much he needed his team. I thought that was super cool cuz he's a tough guy. Yeah. Right? Like how many tough guys admit that I'm sitting there crying? Like I'm in training and I'm feeling bad for myself, right? That's basically what he was. He was feeling bad for himself. He's, you know, oh, nothing's going right. It's like you you could easily like you you understand it, but if you want to be an asshole about it, you're like, "Oh, you're crying because you're right. you're fucking feeling bad for yourself." Oh. <laughs> right? But it's like and so if if for him to admit like, yeah, man, I fucking, I was crying over this shit. It was so emotionally hard. Like I needed my coach. I needed my people around me to help get me through it. It, uh, I thought that was like a really powerful message too. like, you know, being vulnerable and knowing, like letting other people help you when you need help. Like that is what men do. That is what tough guys do. Like this idea that tough guys don't need help or directions. (laughs) That's what I always tell my wife. She's like, do you need help getting the fucking groceries out of the car? And, of course, I've got, like, you know, 50 bags in each hand. Strung up your arm. Exactly. Like, one trip. I'm I like, no, I'm a man. I don't need help <laughs> or directions. <laughs> I never ask for help or directions. So, but, uh, oh, unfortunately, neither one of those are true. <laughs> I do need help, and I do need directions. So, but yeah, that was cool. And that's the cool thing with jujitsu, jitsu man. Like, where the fuck else are you gonna find a surrogate family like that to pick you up when you're down? Yeah. So, I mean it's I can say from my own experience, man, like you and my jiu-jitsu family's been there for me through some funky shit and for sure. So it's been uh, it's been great. It's why the jiu jitsu lifestyle it changes people. It's not just a thing you do, it's something you become. So there you go. I
1: can't agree more. Yeah. Man. it's a good place to end it. I think it's a good place and to end it, too, Don't send it, Let's not soil that. No, it we'll right
0: leave it there, there man. Cool. So, all right. All right. See ya. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast.
1: Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help and will allow us to keep putting out episodes. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, hit us up at grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. Also, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com, and get signed up for podcast updates and get our free BJJ Improvement Starter Kit. That's it for now, so get on the mat, train hard, and talk to you all next week.
0: Permanent breath, a hermit now, boom. Doggy school, foggy cool, got a froggy, I'll tell dude. Mel, they Daisy Duke. Hanging by the lace of their shoes, no trace of the tools. Shaped in your face, fuck the rules. Snooze you lose, one eye always open, it. it times two. No clue what soon, a brief suit Might give you a view to choose. Stay tuned, include, won't conclude. To the end, near Beware there's consequences. But what you do, to me, me, team, you... A devil of many levels, I keep on beating for several of them rebels. Me, myself, he died. Me, myself, he died.